listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. This message is from the series, What the Bible Says About, with a new weekly topic that goes through what the Bible says on important issues of the day. Be sure to check out Michael's book, A Call for Courage, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear. You can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. How many of you like to avoid conflict and difficulty and hardship and pain? How many of you like to avoid that stuff, right? Of course you do, right? If you don't, then uh, we need to get you into a counseling program as soon as possible. It's human nature. You like to, you want to, you gravitate toward avoiding pain and difficulty and hardship and all kinds of unnecessary things that we would experience in life. We are all trying to avoid unnecessary hardship. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a suggestion to you that is based on years of personal and interpersonal experience with the hope that you will agree with this assertion that I'm going to make. And the assertion is this. Almost all of life's unnecessary hardships can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word, the Bible. Almost all, the majority of life's unnecessary hardships, notice I'm saying unnecessary, we're gonna talk about that in a moment. The majority of life's unnecessary hardships are almost always, they can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word, the Bible. We're going to also talk about the word rich because there's an adjective that I'm putting there on purpose, the word rich, that descriptive word. And I want you to take this statement into your own life and I would like to suggest to you that you take the rest of your life now You take the rest of your life and you find out for yourself whether or not your pastor's lying to you. I want to present that statement to you and I want to have the audacity to suggest that that statement is true. And I'm going to actually suggest that by the time we're done together today, you're going to be even more convinced that it's true. But I don't want you to just listen to what I'm saying now and then forget about it. So that by the time lunch is over, you're thinking about something else, or next week you forgot the specifics of this statement. I want you to write this down. I want you to post it someplace. I want you to refer to it often. And I guarantee, I bet my own reputation on it for whatever little it's worth these days, I would bet that you're going to reach the same conclusion that I reached, and it is this. The majority of life's unnecessary hardships can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word. So what I want to do today is get you, get us into God's word to help you understand the value of God's word so that you can avoid what would otherwise be unnecessary hardships. Almost all of you said we like to avoid unnecessary hardships. We don't enjoy pain. We don't enjoy difficulty. Now, why am I saying unnecessary? You can't avoid all hardships and difficulty and pain living outside of Eden. 
And if you haven't checked, that's exactly where we're living. We're living outside of Eden. Paradise has been lost. It will one day be regained, restored, when we are literally in the presence of God Almighty and we behold him. Right now, we, we look at God, we think about God, we comprehend God, we walk with God, we see him as through a glass dimly, the Apostle Paul says, as through a glass dimly. But there's coming a day, if you know Jesus as your Savior, there's coming a day when you're going to see Jesus face to face. Anybody excited about that? Does anybody get excited about that? No more hardship, no more difficulty, no more kind of beholding him, but you'll actually see him face to face in all of his glory and all his splendor. You won't have to worry about the loss of your life because the Bible says nobody can see God and live. You'll have transitioned over, right? You'll be in your eternal state, your glorified state. You'll see him face to face. But in the meantime, there's hardship and there's difficulty. There's this thing called sin, and you cannot avoid all sin. You can't avoid all hardship and difficulty and pain. It's just not possible because we're living outside of Eden. I'm not talking about that kind of pain, that kind of hardship, that kind of difficulty. That's not what we're talking about because you have to understand that there's hardship and difficulty and pain and suffering and sickness and disease and rejection and backstabbing and all kinds of stuff, financial woes, all kinds of difficulty that will happen in this life. Just the idea of work. Some of us love what we get to do. Some of us can't wait to get up in the morning and go to work, but probably at some point in your life, even if you're in that state right now, you were at one point in a state of confusion or a state of frustration where you were not loving what you did. Work and the toil that is involved in work, in one sense, work is worship. We get to worship the Lord through our work. But in another, another sense, the toil that comes from work is a result of the fall. And that's way back in Genesis, which by the way, I think would be a pretty doggone good name for a church, if I could say so myself. The idea is that you can't avoid all pain, but you can avoid a lot of the pain you would otherwise experience, a lot of the hardship you would otherwise experience, a lot of the difficulty you'd otherwise experience if you were, if you are, to spend more time in God's word, right? Most of life's unnecessary hardships, follow me on this, Pay attention. Watch what we're laying down here. Pick up what I'm laying down, all right? Listen to what I'm saying. You need to get this into your being so that you're feeling it's resonating with you, right? Most of life's unnecessary hardships, most of them can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word. Open your Bible to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Not too difficult to find. Go right to the, about the center of your Bible. That's the book of Psalms. And then find the 118th Psalm. Go to the next one, all right? You'll be at Psalm 119, the longest Psalm in the entire Bible. 176 verses. This is a masterpiece here, even though every verse of scripture is a masterpiece. 176 verses here, the longest of all the Psalms by far, Psalm 119, beginning in verse one. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, 
who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, you're going to notice something amazing here, and it is repeated in each one of the 176 verses in Psalm 119. I'm only going to read the first two sections of this psalm, hopefully whet your appetite enough so that you'll go back and you'll look at it yourself. Imagine that. You'll go back and look at the psalm for yourself, be able to soak in it, marinate in it, and you'll be encouraged and fired up as well. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You've commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Have you started to pick up what the psalmist is laying down here just yet? Every single verse refers to the word of God. Every single verse. He does it not once or twice or a dozen times or two dozen times or three dozen or four dozen. He doesn't do it a hundred times. He does it 176 times. In every verse of the 119th Psalm, he refers to the word of God. He uses different words for it. He uses precepts, testimonies, the law, God's ways, his statutes, his commandments, our righteous rules, statutes, you know, again and again. Word, rules, testimonies, again and again and again and again. Every single verse is a reference to the word of God. So we're getting the impression, the theology that's being presented here, it's not just the musicology, it's a theology that's presented by the psalmist. There is an elevation of the word of God to such a degree that he goes out of his way under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to help us understand that God's word is not simply important. Are you listening? God's word is not simply important. God's word is imperative. And what you see in each one of these verses is the significance, the impact of God's word on an individual life, the reader's life. That would be you. That would be me. The impact, the transforming power of God's word in an individual life. That's what's being presented here. I think it's fascinating when you stop and think about it, that we don't have the melodies of any of the Psalms. We can only speculate about what Jewish music sounded like then because of what Jewish music sounds like now and some historical documentation of what the Psalms might have sounded like, but it's speculation, it's a theory, it's a hypothesis, an educated guess as to what they actually sounded like. The melodies didn't make the cut. What made the cut was the theology. And what's being presented here in Psalm 119 is the elevation of God's word. Now, you could do a Barna study that just came out. You could look at that. You could look at the the recent statistics on Lifeway that Lifeway did about how most Christians believe that there's life-changing power, there's benefit, there's personal gain to be had in reading the Bible and studying the Bible, meditating on the Bible. But then if you look at those same studies, you'll be alarmed at how infrequently those same people who believe there's value and worth in reading the Bible, benefit in reading the Bible, how infrequently 
We are reading the Bible. And so if we're not reading the Bible frequently, follow me on this, okay? Please pay attention. You need to let this sink down deep into who you are because y'all said, we all said, we all admitted, we don't want to experience unnecessary hardship, pain, and difficulty. Can I get a loud, rousing amen for this when I ask this question? Don't you think that life is hard enough when it's going good? Can I get an amen for that? Yes, it is. Why do any of us want to make life more difficult than it already is? You see, the majority of life's unnecessary hardships can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in the Bible. Almost all of them. Almost all of the unnecessary hardships that we experience in life. I don't think I'm doing the Lord justice by how I'm trying to present this. I don't. I want you to become convinced of the reality that you can greatly reduce the extent of unnecessary difficulties you will experience in life if you will simply get yourself into the Bible, God's word. It will change your life, it'll change your family, it will change a church, and we're gonna talk about some specifics about that in just a moment, but you need to become convinced that the Bible, the Lord Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Lord is worthy of you and, and me. He's worthy of us making adjustments in our lives to center our lives on the word of God. And the byproduct of that is that God is glorified in our lives. He's glorified in our families. He's glorified in our churches. He's glorified in our nation because the word of God changes us. God transforms us through his word. If you want to decrease the unnecessary hardships you will experience otherwise in life, you would otherwise experience in life, then a steady diet of God's word has got to be prominent. It's got to be right there on the front burner, not the back burner of your life. Listen, I'm appealing to our sinful nature. I'm appealing to our godly nature which is made possible through the Holy Spirit being regenerated in Jesus. I'm appealing to your intellect. I'm appealing to your emotions. I'm trying to help you understand what you want in life is what God wants in life. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you so that you are more like Jesus in terms of character. But let me just make that really clear. It's not that we become like Jesus in nature. It's that we become like Jesus in character. That's the objective that God has for your life. God's objective is that when you are done with your life, when God is finished with you here on earth, you will look far more like Jesus at the end than you did at the beginning. And the way that happens is courtesy of the word of God. All we're looking at here, all we need to do to be convinced of this is the 119th Psalm, verse five. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. The avoidance of shame. The ability to reduce the shame in your life in proportion to living 
according to the commandments of God. Verse seven, I'll praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. Well, is it possible to praise the Lord with an upright heart to the same degree if you don't know the upright, righteous rules of God? See, you can't worship and serve a God you don't know. You cannot worship and serve a God you do not know. I will keep your statutes, do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Willpower is a great thing, but willpower needs to be coupled with the power of God's word and then you're able to walk in purity that you otherwise would not be able to walk in. So if you want to increase your ability to be pure, you've got to increase your marinating in the word of God, right? How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Probably the psalmist, perhaps when he was writing this, relatively speaking, a young person and younger people because of the raging hormones and everything can tend to struggle with purity. That doesn't mean that when you get older you don't struggle with purity. We just struggle with it as we get older. We struggle with purity in different ways. We do. We struggle with purity in different ways, whether we're married or whether we're not married, purity doesn't just have to deal with sexual purity. It can be purity of mouth, purity of thought, purity of what we think about ourselves, purity in what we think about other people. You know anybody who's ever gotten way ahead in what they thought about somebody else? I mean, just gotten way ahead of somebody. You just have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not pure. So purity is something that you need to be concerned about, you need to be interested in, you need to prioritize, you will prioritize if you're interested in following Jesus. You have to. And the way to a pure life is a life that's based on the word of God. How can a young person keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you, let me not wander from your commandments. Right? Direct correlation between seeking God and reading his word, right? We seek God in proportion to the reading of his word. The reading of God's word, the marinating in God's word is how we primarily seek God. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes with my lips. I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. That's like you won the lottery. When you open your Bible, you're enjoying the spoils of having experienced your name being called. Jesus choosing you, pouring himself out on you and giving you all the riches that are based in his word, the grace of God. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts, fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Why would the psalmist not want to forget the word? Because there's benefit to remembering the word of God. And you can't remember the word of God if you're not in the word of God in the first place, right? You might say to yourself at this point, I just don't have time to be in God's word. I believe what you're saying, Mike. I agree with what you're saying. I don't have a problem with anything that you're saying. I just struggle with the time of my life. Listen, if you're struggling with the time of your life, you're living far below what God intends for you. 
Listen, if most of life's unnecessary hardships can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word, and you're too busy to spend time in God's word, listen, if you don't have enough time to spend in God's word, then you better make time for all the unnecessary hardships that are gonna come your way. Which would you like? We always spend time doing the things that we think are valuable. So if you believe that you want to decrease the unnecessary hardships in your life, and you believe that God's word is the way to reduce those hardships, then you need to adjust your life. You need to adjust your schedule. You need to get out your day timer, your Franklin planner, your electronic calendar, your smartphone, use it smartly, use it wisely, right? Your iPad, whatever it might be. You need to look at your schedule and you need to ask yourself a serious question. You should be asking yourself this question for the rest of your life. Is it really true that most of the unnecessary hardships, unnecessary things that you could avoid can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word? If that's true, then you need to adjust your life to spend more time in the word of God because that's going to cut down, reduce drastically the amount of unnecessary hardships that you'll experience in your life. Sin, financial difficulty, relational difficulties, problems in your family, problems at the workplace, problems in the church. You all know we don't have problems in the church, right? You find the perfect church and you join it, you ruin it. The moment you join it, <laughs> it was a perfect church until you joined it. You join it, you ruin it, right? The only problem, you know, you love ministry, it's just the people that you can't stand, right? That's the hard thing about ministry, right? When God calls you into the ministry, and he does the moment you accept Christ as your savior, Amen. you might not receive ever a full-time calling to ministry vocationally to become a pastor or a professor at a Bible college or a seminary or anything like that, but the moment you give your life to Christ, you are called into full-time serving the Lord Jesus, ministering to the Lord Jesus. That's what you're called to full-time. It's inescapable, it's unavoidable. Well, if you're called to the ministry, you're called to interact with people. So get your stuff together. More importantly, let God get your stuff together by being in the Word. You can tell by whether or not somebody's in the Word of God in such a way that the Word of God is reading them. You hear me say this all the time. Don't confuse your Bible reading with the Bible reading you. There's a huge difference. Don't confuse reading the Bible with the Bible reading you, because that's really the question at the end of the day. How do you know whether or not you are really reading the Bible? It's really simple. Whether or not the Bible is reading you. Until the Bible is reading you, you're not really reading the Bible. Until the Bible is reading you, you are not really reading the Bible. Because what the psalmist is laying out here for all of us, he's helping us understand the transforming power of God's word. This book is alive. I love what John Bunyan and D.L. Moody, they both said, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. If you don't take time to read the Bible because you say you're too busy, then what you're doing by default is you are saying "Then I'm going to have to, at perhaps inconvenient times, make time for the unnecessary hardships that are going to come in my life because I've neglected God's word. Ain't nobody got time for that. You all want to go to YouTube right now, right? You might say, I don't have time. Well, then you better make time for all of the unnecessary hardships, all of the hardships that you 
could have, would have, should have avoided. Would have, should have, could have. If only you would spend time in God's word. You might say to yourself on the flip side, Mike, it is not that I don't have time, it's that I don't have the motivation. Can I get an amen for that? Can we be honest about that? Listen, I'm gonna be brutally honest with you right now. I'm gonna be gently honest with you. I'm not gonna be brutal in church. I'm gonna be gently honest with you. I'm gonna tell you, right? I've had times when I've argued with God. I had an argument with God so much that he knocked down a tree in my house 15 minutes out of nowhere after that argument. I've been on my face before God, weeping, crying before him, debating and yelling at him in a way that God doesn't deserve to be yelled at. But you're a pastor. Listen, why would I tell you these things? Because I want you to go to places that God is taking me. I want you to know that I have been in some of the very cesspools that you might be in right now, right there. I've smelled my own sin, the stench of my own sin. I've wallowed in unbelief. I've wondered and shaken my fist at God at times. (gasps) You haven't done that? You haven't been disappointed with a health issue that came out of the blue or a teenager issue or the loss of a child that was unexpected or the loss of a job or the loss of a friendship. You haven't scratched your head at times and said, God, this doesn't compute. You haven't gone through difficulty. You haven't gone through remorse and pain and sorrow. All the stuff that happens because you're living outside of Eden, of course you have. I know what it's like not to be motivated to read the word of God because you feel like God doesn't care about you anymore. Maybe he cares about other people more than you. And we believe these lies about God. We believe lies about ourselves. And we go deeper and deeper into the cesspool. We go deeper and deeper into the mire and the muck. And you know what gets you out of that mire and the muck? The word of God. I just want you to try this. When my wife and I and the kids, when we go see a movie, we saw Mission Impossible. You might think I'm a bad guy because I saw Mission Impossible. You might like me better because we saw the Meg. You know, the large shark. I woke up in the morning after seeing that thing and I was still nervous, okay? (laughs) When we go to a movie, whatever the movie might be, and by the way, that's not an endorsement for either of those movies. I'm just telling you, we watch movies from time to time, okay? We like to get that big tub of popcorn. We like to get it without the butter. Some of you like it with the butter, but we get the large refillable tub because we know we're gonna go through that popcorn. And I am happy during a a dull moment in the movie, which is hard to find in either of those movies, I'm happy to go get that tub refilled because I am a binge popcorn eater. I love to eat popcorn, and even if we make a vow before we go into the theater, we're not gonna have any popcorn this time. The moment we walk into that theater and we begin to smell the aroma of that hot, buttered popcorn, and I try to make my way away from the candy counter and the snack counter, something happens to my feet, and I find myself standing ready to register ordering the large bucket of popcorn so that we can get it refilled. I love my family. We love to binge eat popcorn. Maybe you like potato chips. Maybe you like ice cream, right? Where you've got a favorite ice cream and you like that you're going to do something at home and you're just going to have a little bowl. (laughs) 
just want a couple potato chips? Who has mastered the ability to have a few potato chips? Has any of you done that? It's so easy with junk food to binge eat and just to eat and to eat and to eat to the point where your waistline starts to show it, your stomach starts to feel it, and sometimes you can binge eat to such a degree that you just get nauseated, you just get sick, right? In, in most instances, in fact, I don't know of any instance where it's healthy to binge eat junk food. You shouldn't binge eat junk food, but we've all done it. We've all been there and done that. See, when it comes to junk food, it's not a good thing to binge eat anything, right? But when it comes to the word of God, it's a beautiful, great thing to binge read the Bible. Just binge read it. Now, you can get into Bible study. You can get into Bible meditation. I highly recommend them both, but you can also cure. Some of you are depressed right now. Some of you are discouraged right now and you've been discouraged and you've been depressed and you have a church face on because you don't feel like you can be real in church. You can be real in church. It's about time we all start getting real in church. Be transparent about who you really are. There are many of us who used to have sweet times in the word of God, but you don't have it anymore because you believed a lie about God, a lie about yourself, a curveball came your way. You have a serious case of spiritual amnesia. You've been hit over the head. Some kind of trauma happened in your life and you don't know how to handle it and it's hard. You know that you should pick up the word of God. You know that you should read the word of God. You know that you want to read the word of God, but you just have difficulty doing that. I'm just being real with you. Here's the way you cure that. I'm going to give you a way to cure the spiritual doldrums, right? Spiritual amnesia. God is good. Life sucks outside of Eden, but God is good. Difficult, hard, unbelievable things can happen in the course of life, but God is good. Here's one of the ways that you can cure and get back an appetite for God's word. Just read it. Just binge read it. Just sit down. Get the distractions away from you. Sit down and just start reading the Bible. Don't stop when you get to a part that seems confusing or you don't understand. Just keep reading it. Read through the whole book of Hebrews in one sitting. Read through 2 Peter in one sitting. I don't have time. Well, then you're making time for the unnecessary hardships that are going to come in your life because you're not making time for God's word. Binge read it. Great to study it. Great to meditate on the word of God. Have a passage, have a verse that you're meditating, committing to memory, that you're soaking in, that you're marinating in. That's great. That's a good thing to do. But binge read the Bible. Binge read it. Sit down in an undistracted place and just read it. What should I read? All of it's good stuff. I don't recommend you begin with Leviticus. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Let me help you understand what the Bible says about itself, all right? Some of us are struggling with faith issues for this one issue and this one issue only. Look with me at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Look what it says. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. To build your faith, lift your Bible. You're struggling with a lack of faith. You're struggling with depression. You're struggling in many cases, not all cases, but you're struggling with doubt and unbelief about God. Because you've been out of the word of God, and I'm not guilt-tripping you, I'm encouraging you. Binge, read the Bible. To build your faith, lift the Bible. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. The more Bible you get into you, the more the life of Christ will come out of you. Sit down in an undistracted place and just read it. 
but I don't feel it yet. Don't expect from a chapter or two, well, I'm not feeling anything, and Pastor Mike, you promised me. Listen, if you will make a commitment to binge reading the Bible, I guarantee you that God, who is the author of that, in fact, God, who is the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, right? John chapter one. When you spend time in the Word of God, you're spending time with Jesus himself. And it's okay, it's safe, it's good, it's beautiful. Listen, you feel like God's let you down? He knows you already feel that, tell him. You feel like you believe God for something and he didn't come through? He knows you believe that, tell him. He's bigger than you, he's God. Listen, if no weapon formed against you will prosper, there certainly ain't nothing that you can say that's gonna be bigger to outdo him, right? Gonna ruffle his robe? You're having difficulty with God? You can tell him. You can be real. You can be honest. You can be transparent. In fact, you read the psalmist, and you, you see him wrestling with God. You see him honestly pouring himself out before God. Why is it that in church we can't be honest with each other? Just binge read the Bible. Just sit down. I know there are parts of the Bible that don't seem to make sense, but you're a pastor. Doesn't it all make sense to you? Just read the Bible. Just binge read it. And keep reading and keep reading, and through reading, you are wrestling. Jacob wrestled with God, and God blessed him. Just read the Bible. Just read it. Read, 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 and don't give up until God gives you the blessing. Read through a whole book. There are a whole bunch of short epistles in the Bible. Just keep reading it. Make a commitment. Remember, until you make a commitment to read the Bible, you are opening up your life to unnecessary hardships and difficulty that will come because you're neglecting the Bible right? Just read it, binge read it, study it, get into it. Look what the psalmist says about his own word, the God's word. Again and again, it's significant, it's important. Verse 17, Psalm 119, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I'm a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. In other words, I need your compass while I'm here on the earth. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. There's the unnecessary hardships, right? Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I've kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors, right? God's word. This is your counselors. This is where your wisdom comes from. This is where your direction comes from. This is where your hope comes from. When you spend time, when I spend time, anytime anybody spends time with the Bible, you're spending time with the author of the Bible, not just the book, right? You are. Now look with me at the word unnecessary that I use. Most of life's unnecessary hardships, right? You neglect the Bible for whatever the reason might be, you're going to invite Difficulty in your personal life, difficulty in your family, difficulty at the workplace, difficulty at the church. Because you'll be a different person if you're meditating on the Word of God, if you're reading the Word of God, if the Word of God is reading you. You'll be a different person. You'll handle situations differently. You'll take captive your thoughts, and then the words that come out of your mouth will be different. You'll be a different person. In fact, I thought it was refreshing this past week. We spent some time down in Maryland, and I'm going back today for just a quick overnighter. And what am I doing? I'm sitting by the water 
not being hyper-spiritual, sometimes purposely preventing myself from thinking, clearing my mind so that then I can think about God's word. Just sitting quietly, Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So thankful that that's true. Quieting my soul, listening to the Lord, getting ready to receive from him. And it's life-changing. So the most important thing that you can do in your life is to make sure that you're getting consistent time in God's word so that the word of God is reading you. We went to a supermarket there. We had to get a few things. Went to a supermarket, and the guy who was checking out our bags, I said to him, hey, man, how's it going? He said, to be honest with you, not very good. So I said, hey, that's too bad. How much do I owe you? I didn't say that. <laughs> Are you people listening or what? It's not going too good. Hey, man. Listen, I just want to tell you right now, I'm not doing too good myself right now. Fist bump. I'll pray for you. Walked away. We went over to the Red Box to get a movie. Same guy comes over to us and says, I hate my life. I'm serious, man. I hate my life. He repeated it. You know what I said to him? I said, listen, I'll tell you what, man. I'm going through some junk right now. And it's hard. And I'm a pastor of a church. And I came down here to ask Jesus to get my junk together and to help me to be faithful to him, help me to walk with him, help me to endure difficulty and hardship and pain, our whole family. And you know what that did? Caused him to say, man, you're weird. I'm getting out of here. (laughs) He started opening up to me. See, when you're real with people, the tendency is that they might be real with you back. I'm going to be honest with you. There are a lot of hurting people in church. A lot of people who are hurting outside of church. Just that when we come to church, if after you've been a believer for a long enough time, you learn to play the church game and you put up this mask and you talk the talk, but you forget to walk the walk. And the problem is that many of us in the body of Christ, we confuse Bible reading with being read by the Bible. Huge difference. People in the world know how to be transparent. They know how to be honest when they come across somebody that they feel they can be safe with, they can be honest with. And this guy was more refreshing. I don't get the time to spend with unbelievers or people who are not yet believers that I I wish I could spend time with because of the position that I have and the way I spend my time. But you do. In the supermarket, in the workplace, Pay attention to when people say, my life sucks. Come alongside them and be a good listener and let them tell you why their life sucks. Let them tell you why they're having a hard time. Let them be real and honest with you. And then if you're real and honest with them, you might just lead somebody to Jesus Christ. Because nobody wants a plastic Jesus. Nobody wants a fake church. Nobody wants a social club where everybody's lives are perfect and all put together. Listen, God is in the process of putting our lives together through what Jesus did on the cross. God is in the process of, through the Holy Spirit, getting our broken lives back together. You don't want to be stuck in brokenness. I'm so sick and tired about hearing about brokenness without the healing and the wholeness that Jesus provides. 
Yeah, you might be broken, I might be broken, but we're in the process of being restored. Can we be celebrating that restoration that God is in the process of doing in our lives? Most of life's unnecessary hardships can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's word, the Bible. Notice I said rich time, and I'll end with this thought. It's not the amount of time you spend reading the Bible. It's not the number of alphabets you have after your name or the title you have in front of your name that makes you spiritual. Listen, any Pharisee can look spiritual. Anybody who's gone to Bible college or seminary or taught a Sunday school class or been involved in an Awana program and been involved in ministry, people can think you're spiritual. They think it happens all day long. You can be a pastor's wife or a pastor's husband. It's not the amount of time you spend reading the Bible that makes you spiritual, whether you read the NIV, the ESV, the New American Standard, whatever translation you might know. You might even know Greek and Hebrew. Listen, the Pharisees knew Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, fluent in it. It's time in the body of Christ that we stop confusing the amount of time we're reading the Bible and start embracing the idea of the Bible reading us. When you read the Bible, you'll be like the psalmist. Oh, show me my hidden ways. Oh, show me my faults. Oh, change my ways. Oh, that I would delight in your precepts. Oh, that I would be transformed. Listen, the Bible needs to be reading you. And we need a revolution in the body of Christ where we rediscover that truth. We have so many churches, so much Bible teaching going out. It's not that necessarily you need more Bible you need to consistently be in the Bible so that the Bible is reading you so that you're spending time with Jesus and Jesus will get you out of that funk that you might be stuck in. Let Jesus lift you out of that junk. Binge read the Bible. Meditate on the word of God. Make time for the Bible because if you don't make time for the Bible, then you might find out the hard way that most of life's unnecessary hardships can almost always be traced back to a lack of rich time in God's Word. Interested in requesting Michael Anthony for an interview, guest appearance, or as a keynote speaker for your event? Click the invite tab on the Courage Matters app or on couragematters.com. You can get more resources just like this podcast through the app and website as well.